Thank you for joining. We are going to learn the second half of the discourse that we started last week, Thursday night. Basi Legani Achaisi Kala. So it's Parshas Vayikra this week. It's also before Pesach. It's Chodesh Nisan. Um, this mimer has a shaykhis, has a connection to all of these ideas. I made a bracha before already. Okay. Okay. We are holding, uh, again, this is in Shir Hashirim, Makuti Torah, uh, page Lamed Gimel. Amid, uh, the mimer is on, I'm sorry, not Lamed Gimel, I made a mistake. Lamed Bays. This is where we're holding, on page Lamed, that, that's the beer on the Mimer, the explanation of the Mimer. This is in, on page Lamed Beis, Amid Beis, Achaltiyari Imdifshi is where we're holding. The Mimer starts on page 62. This is a continuation. We learned already the first half. We're going to complete the Mimer today. Okay, so last week, just to recap, uh, you know, the, the, this Mimer, Basilagani, you can see how Basilagani has evolved. This is the original Basilagani, the Alter Rebbe said, and then the Rebbe said his Basilagani. Between that, there's a few Basi Laganis in the Rabbeim as Maimorim from the Tzemach Tzedek. Uh, the, the same Maimir is in the, in the Tfilis Mikol Hashana, on the, which is Sidrim Dach, the Altareb is Maimorim, recorded by the Mitlareb. This one, as we learned last week, is a recording, is written by the Maril, the brother of the Altareb. And then you have the Maimorim of the Tzemach Tzedek, and the Rebbe Marash, and the Rebbe Rashab, and the Fidig Rebbe, all starting with Basi Lagani, finally to the ultimate Basi Lagani, the Rebbe's Basi Lagani. The Rebbe's Basilegani is far more ambitious than these Maimarim because the Rebbe's Basilegani explains Basilegani, as we discussed last week, that God comes to his garden. That's literally the physical world down here, godly revelation in the physical world and the coming of Mashiach. That's the Rebbe's Basilegani. Um, the Alter Rebbe's Basilegani of a few hundred years ago is Basilegani today's days in the time of Golos when it's not yet Mashiach. So there's no yet godly revelation down here by Gashmi. But at least there can be a godly revelation both in Gan Eden, um, through our work down here, we illuminate Gan Eden. And again, the Rebbe went way past Gan Eden. We're already past the illuminations for Gan Eden. We're done with that already. Now it's time to make the party happen down here. But the Alter Rebbe is still talking about the illuminations of the Basi Lagani, which means the lower Gan Eden, not the higher Gan Eden, because that's already really lofty. The point of here is to get it down lower and lower. So what's the lowest place in the time of exile that there is godly revelation, Basi Lagani, that God comes down to reveal himself? In other words, when Hashem created the world, as the Alter Rebbe explains over here in the Mimer, he wanted to be manifest in the world. He wanted to be revealed in the world. But when the Golos happened, it chased Hashem away from the garden. We got chased away, as we spoke last week. We got pushed away from the garden. God moved away from the garden. So the work over here is at least we come back to meet again in the garden. So this mimer, remember last week we discussed, was set in Shklov. I want to make again a uh, dedication towards uh, the Berlin family. Baruch Berlin, they sponsor the whole bunch of these Thursday night classes. Should be a big schuss for them. Mishpach and a happy Pesach, everybody. That's just a commercial break. Back to the uh, <laughs> stop for station identification. And now we go back into the, into the mimer. So the Basilagani is that we, we should come back into the garden. So if we can't come back in the garden yet permanently until Mashiach comes, but at least every day the Alter Rebbe explains a Jew is able to get back in the garden. He said this mimer for the Shklov Yidin, 
and saying that the people, and last week we learned, I'm not going to go over all the ideas that went through Torah study, especially in midnight, if you wake up midnight, there is this exile and, and redemption, exile, the darkness of exile, which causes an interruption of the godly revelation in this world um, that is interrupted as a result of the exile, in which even though Hashem's energy flows to the universe, but God's um, energy flowing to the universe is only the most external element of His energy to create the system. But that's it. If He would let go of that, there wouldn't be a world at all. So that is constantly sustained. But when His inner life flow is not felt within the world, when it's just about the creation and not about the artist, God wants to not just create art, He wants to display Himself in the art that He, that he shows. And that's what, why He created a world, to be in a relationship with the world, to be revealed in the world. And, that's, and, and this happened when we had a temple. We had a Beis Amikdash. God was revealed in the temple. His Pneumius was revealed. And as we learned last week, when the Pneumius of the Divine is revealed, in addition to the, the being that God is having satisfaction from His creation, we are taking delight and pleasure in the Divine, and God, and God is having an enormous pleasure in the fact that He is connected to His creations. But in addition to that, um, in addition to that, there isn't a, a rigidity that the world is not so, first of all, there's miracles because nature is not so rigid. There is a flow of energy that's beyond the system and that, that creates constantly the system to bend because the system is not really much of a system other than it's God's energy flowing and when God wants it to be a little different, it accommodates, it changes. That's all if there's a higher energy flow, a higher presence of the divine within the world. That's number one. Number two, there is a lot of tolerance because when from the higher we engage God, the more Hashem is engaged from a deeper place, the less the little things irk and the less the little things cause you know, negative reciprocation. The more disconnected God is, the more He allows, the more, and, but yet He is connected, because if He wouldn't be connected, it wouldn't be a world, but that which is connected of Him is, so to speak, the tail end of the divine. Over there, there's a lot of rigidity. The system is very important, and if you break any little thing in the system, it comes with an enormous price. It, and that's why there's a lot of punishment and a lot of wrath and a lot of... It's just not good. The system of exile is really not good. It serves a purpose because in the darkness, we ultimately do the highest, the highest tikkunim. But yet, that system itself is not good. When God was in the Beis Amigdash, there's a lot of forgiveness and there's a lot of pleasure and there's a lot of patience and, and tolerance and, 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 and what we call moichem de gadlos, broadness of mind. So that's when we add a temple. Then comes exile. And exile means God is banished. What does it mean he's banished? His inner light is only revealed in the superb, in the, in the hidden world. It's, as we learned last week, Hashem says, I will hide, hide my face. Uh, in that day, that means God's, instead of God's revelation being down here in the physical world, he is revealed, but he's revealed in some mystical abstract levels up there. But down here, there is no revelation. Only the most external part, that he, that, that he creates the world. But that makes nature feel like nature. And uh, as we spoke, the rigidity of, of, of nature. And that, he says, is the idea of nighttime. And that becomes intensified just like the night. From, from mid-afternoon, it starts getting a little dark. The sun starts moving towards the west. It's getting a little Domincha time. It starts getting darker, darker. It's the time of his Gabrus Haddinim. His Gabrus Haddinim means intensification of the judgments, which means less godly revelation. And it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until it hits midnight. Midnight is the darkest. But once it, and which spiritually represents the most disconnect of God from the world. 
the world being the most, the most uh, systemized within the system of nature. So, uh, and, and if you can say, in a sense, you can say that that was like right before the Balshemtov came. It's like the, the epitome of darkness of exile. Then comes midnight and it starts moving towards the daylight. And we start moving towards light. More revelation, more revelation. It cracks, this darkness, this concealment cracks. And then God starts getting closer and closer to the creation. Both in all of history, there is this midnight and moving towards morning and dawn and so on and so forth. We once discussed that the, I mentioned that many times, the Arizal is like the, the last third of the night starts to be revelation and then higher than that, the Balshemtov, more revelation and uh, as we get closer to Mashiach, more light. In some ways, in some ways we say that now is the darkest, like seconds before the redemption. Um, but in any case, that's collectively, historically, the, the, whole, the whole passage of time. But then there is a daily, a, daily, a daily experience of darkness and light. And nighttime represents the time of the disconnect, and morning time represents the, the time of reconnection and re-engagement of God with the world. And uh, we, and how has that happened? By righteous people, good Jews, waking up early in the morning, engaging in this process of connecting to God and opening up a, a flow, a flow of godliness into the universe and through prayer and Torah study. So literally, and he says, there are those who wake up early in the morning, literally midnight, and start the process of tikkun chatzais. And as we do that down here, and we first weep for the destruction of the temple, like it says, God weeps at midnight for the destruction of the temple. And then after midnight, as soon as it's over, he immediately goes to the Gan Eden and he starts delighting with the souls of tzaddikim by studying Torah with them. It's amazing. God studies Torah with the tzaddikim. And that energy we can connect to, if, you, if people that are righteous people that wake up early in the morning, like early in the wee hours of the morning, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, and study Torah at that time, they're connecting to the same energy that's happening in Gan Eden, and God is revealing himself to them and within their souls, because Torah is godly revelation. And he goes on to explain um, why Torah is godly revelation. And he explains because Torah is chachma, and God can only reveal, and the creation really is, is, is created, I'm not going to go through this again because you can listen to last week's class on this, but he explains how the, the, the primary power of creation is through the midot, through the attributes, through the emotions. As we see Sunday is chesed, kindness, Monday is gavura, discipline, and so on and so forth. Every day of the week is a different channel of a different midot, of a different emotion. And then it's weekly because six emotions create the, the, the nature of time. Shabbos comes and all the emotions are reabsorbed in their source. The emotions are expressed. The emotions go back into their source, into their charge, into the cosmic brain, into the chachma, into the orange sof that's in chachma. And therefore, Shabbos is beyond time and space. We're all elevated into a complete different... And then Sunday starts again, creation over again. It's the same week. There's only one week. Every week is the same. That's why every week we say today is Sunday, Monday. It's, a new, it's the same week. It's not a new element of time. The emotion of Sunday is kindness, so on and so forth. But he explains that the emotions themselves have a certain rigidity, a certain concealment. Things, again, the system, it's systemized in a system and so on and so forth. But in order for the emotions to be rich and, and infused with vitality and energy is if the intellect is invested in the emotions. He calls it amku machshavay secha, ma'oid amku. 
Hashem's thought, which is Hashem's chachma, is very deep, it's very transcendental, it's, very, it's, it's infinite, it's above creation. It's not felt in the creation. Now some of that mochen, some of that intelligence becomes the, the energy and the soul of the emotions. Because without the, it's like for example, a person loses, a, if you forget the reason why you love someone, and then you just, the love might still be active for a while, but then the love will dry up if you don't refresh the, 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 the underlying cognition and understanding of why you love. Same as in Judaism, for instance, if we were once inspired about God, because whatever, we discovered God in our youth, or we learned something when we were young, we went to yeshiva, we had a good teacher, we had a good inspiration, and then we just, like, don't refresh that, and we continue, you know, just our observance, then the emotion dries up, then your steam dries up, you drive, and then everything becomes dry, mechanically, and dead. So that's what Hasidus is, to constantly engage, constantly understand, why am I a Jewish? Why am I in a relationship with God? You have to bring the Chachma into the Midot. That's what we learned. And then the Midos are richer and energetic. But he explained last week, we learned that even the Chachma that's in the Midot, they only come down in the Midot to the name of Elohim. It's a powerful constriction. So the Chachma does descend into the Midos, but very restricted. So it, it, you can't compare between experiencing the, mid, the Chachma of God in the Midos than experiencing the Chachma onto itself. When it's a revelation of Chachma unto itself, it's very expansive, very intense, very rich. Havaya b'chachma, the Orient Sof dwells in Chachma, for whatever reason, not, not in the Midos. It, can't, it trickles down into the Midos through Chachma. Kulam b'chachma asisa. Every Midah, even though he, he makes the world Sunday, Chesed, it all has a flow of Chachma, but through Tzimtzum. That's why it says, in each day of creation, Elohim, Elohim is powerful Tzimtzum. And that's why Limudat Torah is so important, Torah study is so important. Because Torah study in the world brings in, Torah is Chachma, suddenly reveals Chachma down here, together with all the godliness that dwells in Chachma. So you're bringing the essence of Chachma into the creation as opposed to just a ray of the Chachma. Similar to when the Beis Hamikdash was standing, the Kodesh Hakadoshim, the Holy of Holies, was actually the brain of the world. It's where the Chachma, the Aron was there. The Aron was served as a physical keli, a physical brain for God's Chachma bin Adas to dwell over there. And in Chachma is the Orin Sof. So the, the level of godliness that was dwelling in, in the world at the time when the Beis Hamikdash was standing was was, 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 was um, what we call it exponentially higher than all the godliness that since then, because you had the, you had literally the manifestation of the mochen of Chabad of Chachma bin Adas down or in the world, and then what? Then there was it was destroyed, and the world was left just with the midos, and then you have Golos and so on and so forth. So the remedy for that, you know, when we reach the peak of midnight and you want to change that, what did Sadiqim do to assist in that change? You create a vessel of Chachma down here, so they study Torah. And when they study Torah, they immediately bring the orient self down. And that's the idea of Basi Lagani. I've come down to my garden. Who brings me down here? Now, when the Beis Hamidrash was standing, it, it was in the physical world. But now it's more in Ganeiden that the Ebersh does And means, that means that the souls of Tzadikim are suddenly enlightened with incredible godly enlightenment. Chabad is suddenly an incredible expansiveness of the souls of Tzadikim that have unbelievable insight into the divine and understanding. A richness. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, which are the Midos, 
also experiences this an incredible enlightenment together with the tzaddikim. And that serves the purpose of creation. And that's why he explains how, um, and that's without Elohim, that's the idea of you bring Havaya into Elohim. You don't have such rigidity. And when Chachma is present in the world, we learned last week, there is much more forgiveness and tolerance and, 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 and miracles and everything. Everything is, everything is fluid. The worlds are... F- That's why we say in Davening, Slach lanu avinu. Avinu is Chachma. When we're asking God to forgive us, we're emphasizing Chachma because in Chachma, there is what's called Moichen de Gadlos. He brings the idea that a child is very, very, very rigid in the sense that if you don't give a child what they want, they throw a temper tantrum. They get immediately, you know, completely discombobulated because they don't have what they want immediately. Why? Because they have very, they don't have chachma. Their chachma is very narrow. And the more expansive someone's chachma is, the more tolerant they're able to handle things that are not according to. They don't throw a temper tantrum. The more expansive. So when God's, when when the system of the divine that is running the world is in a state of expansion, which comes through the, the Torah study. And that's why I spoke last week that the people who study Torah, the yeshiva people who bring down the Chachma, they actually bring healing and, and, and they cause so much immense blessing in the world. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. They take the place of the Kodesh HaKadoshim because their, their minds are Torah minds, studying Torah all day long. It has a huge impact. So all the scientists that are giving us all the all the scientific break the breakthroughs to help ease whether it's the virus or the this or the that make and, and and bring medicine into the world and all these things that help ease and make life a little more you know we we, we like oh, we feel so thankful to them because they are all their innovations and and techni- <laughs> all their breakthroughs in technology it's like wow look what you, you look what you're doing for us Silicon Valley and so on and so forth. You're making life so much more pleasant, maybe. <laughs> but that's all, you know, within nature. Giving us, but the ultimate, ultimate is, is, is to, when we avoid illness altogether, when we avoid all these things. And that comes when God is not, when Hashem is not uh, constricted, which the constrictions are related. So the, the learning of Torah creates that expansiveness. Okay, we're almost, and that's the idea of Basilikani, Achaisikali, you brought me down here. But immediately in the Pasuk it says, Arisi Moiriyim Sami. I smelled, God says, my moor and my fragrance. And that's an explanation of God explaining why I came down. What triggered me? What causes the Oirein Sof that is infinitely even higher than Chachma to descend in the first place? Why does he want a relationship down here? He's so happy when he gets here, but 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 because he wants it. But what what stimulates that want? So we learned an amazing thing last week. It's our struggles. It's dafka the fact that we as human beings that we're studying Torah. Why is it so special? Because God, because we are people flawed, and because we have such a heavy amount, uh, uh, those uh, um, 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 
elements of negativity, of impulses, of unholy drives. And we fight our Yetzirah, our evil inclination. And that fighting and overcoming of our Yetzirah and evil inclination constantly is causes, which means we overcome the other side, Iskafya Sitra Akhra, we cause an Iskafya of the Sitra Akhra. That Iskafya Sitra Akhra is what causes the entire delight that God delights and draws Hashem down from His transcendental state into the world. And he explains that that's the idea of Arisi Moiri. I've smelled my more. More, he explains, is one of the, one of the, um, one of the uh, Samanim of the Ketores, one of the spices that were in the Ketores. And it was made up of a non-kosher animal, a blood from a certain animal, according to the Rambam, which that blood, it's not kosher, when they, it would congeal, and that would take it, and they would make it into, and they would, it would be created, it's called musk. And it would turn into a certain smell, and that fragrance they put into the Ketores. So what is the, what's the secret of that? When a person faints, as we discussed last week, when, there's a, when a person faints, we give them strong smelling salts or things like that. And that's like what? Essential oils. And that's what wake them up. What's the idea? When a person is in a state of faint, there is a disconnect between body and soul. Food won't do it. You can give them food that won't wake them up. You have to give them something very intense. Smell, the nose for some reason is goes up into the brain and it goes up very high to the place of even when there is a certain withdrawal of the energy and life from manifesting in the body but in a more of a distant state this, the, if anything can reach it in its most removed disconnected state it's scent, it's smell a strong fragrance so that's a spiritual idea that also we have this week in the Torah God says it's a fragrance that, that draws me and what draws God? The same is with Hashem. When Hashem is, goes back into His infinity, into His withdrawn, transcendental, limitlessness, and why would He care about a finite little world, and why would He want a relationship with us tiny little earthlings? So what triggers Him is that His enemy is, 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 is overcome. It's when we, when we create the smell, and the smell comes from the blood of the non-kosher blood that we all have. That is, we have non-kosher blood, that's our desire for sin that we have, passions, negative desires, impulses, wants, anger, arrogance, whatever these things are, that's blood. And this blood gets congealed, which means we don't allow the flood of the, blo the, 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 the blood to flow as it wants to. We restrain ourselves. That causes such a thrill above, because as, as explained in Zohar, Kadiskafya Sitra Akhra, when the Sitra Akhra down here gets subdued, it reaches God in a state of istalik. Istalik means God as he is removed. And from there, we trigger the orient self and make ourselves appealing for the relationship. Where do we find this? We find this, we learned last week, and the idea that, and then God descends in Torah. That was the entire investment of Hashem into Torah, into the mind, into the cosmic brain, and then eventually down here into the world, is all connected to the fact that we have, we, we battle with the klipa. And we wouldn't battle with the klipa, we would all just be big tzaddikim, big righteous people that only have one heart of love to God. And we would never have the struggling, this negativity inside of us. 
then we would be, we had no way to attract God. We would be literally a little blip of insignificance, a little tiny crumb of insignificance floating in the universe. Why would God take any interest? What it's, what's entertaining to Him is our ability to overcome ourselves. It's interesting because what we look at ourselves as our darkest and most, um, most uh, regretful or the thing that we despise most about ourselves is the fact that we have to struggle with these dark stuff. I mean, if we're a half a mensch, we like ourselves when we're holy, when we're doing right things. When we slip into dark stuff and negative things, we're disgusted by ourselves. And we're like, yuck. And the fact even that we, you know, hopefully we don't follow our in negative impulses and instincts. But even the fact that we have to fight with these things constantly aggravates us, frustrates us. Like we, we wonder why, like, you know, if, I could, if only I can be a, a pure heart, if only I can be clean, if only I can be an inner beautiful soul aspiring towards godliness, why do I desire all this garbage? And the answer is because only through that darkness can we create this pleasure to God the more that is necessary to draw him. And we find it by Yitzchak. Now when Yitzchak, when Yaakov came to get the blessings from Yitzchak, he needed to disguise himself like Esav. Because Yaakov, yeah. <laughs> Yitzchak is the source of intense light. Yaakov is a tzaddik, okay? So Yitzchak doesn't get much pleasure out of him. Yitzchak gets pleasure from Esav, his brute son, his rougherine son, the son that's full of negativity, full of this passion. Spiritually, we know that Dafka, the Klippa, and the, and the oldest negative passions, they're rooted in Olamatohu in the very, very high places. And when you can channel it in the right way and overcome it, wow, the pleasure that it gives is incredible. So it says by Yaakov, he had to wear Esau's garments. And the Medrash says that when, when it says, and he smelled those garments, Yaakov, with all of his goodness, with all of his holiness, Yitzchak didn't smell him. It wasn't. But when he brings Esau's garments, which it says, in, which the Medrash says that the Esau's garment means the smell of those who betray God, of those who betray God. That means people who struggle with the dark stuff, with the dark side of life. That's that's of. And God smells that. And ah, Vayitelnacha, He should give you mitala shemayim. Shemayim we said is Torah, because shemayim heaven means from the dew of heaven, but shemayim is shemayim over there is Torah. But not just Torah, Tala Shamayim. The Dew of Torah. What's the Dew of Torah? That's the Orin Sof that dwells in Torah. Will come down because of Esau's garments. This is unbelievable. So true, where does God dwell when we study Torah, when we're doing good and so on and so forth? But why does He dwell in it? What sparks His interest is the, the, the dark struggle that we had two hours before we opened the book and started learning Torah, when we were fighting, battling the klipa inside our heart that wants the worst of things, and we overcome it, and we beat it. And then later we learn Torah, oh boy, God is going to be in that Torah. It's a, it's a phenomenal idea. It's incredible. Arisi moiri, God says. Only the more gets me. And he explains, even the besamim, it says two things, arisi moiri and besami. So even the besamim we learned is another type of fragrance, doesn't come from a non-kosher animal, comes from different herbs, different plants. However, even that, the, the idea of fragrance comes from a struggle. And it represents also the struggle, but the struggle in good, not the struggle in overcoming the dark stuff, but even when we're doing good, what makes it valuable to God? When we push ourselves beyond our limits, 
when we go, when there's an element of iskafia, when we overcome the, the, our sense of, um, you know, when we go beyond the, the, the limitations of, our, of ourselves, when we break ourselves, when we learn more than we want to learn, when we, when we give more tzedakah than we would like to, than our kindness would have us do, than our heart, would, uh, that our heart uh, can uh, accept. And we push ourselves to do more than that. It's kafya. That's, that's always the secret. What creates the fragrance and draws God into the relationship. Yeah, but, but in order for God to reveal himself, you need Torah, because Torah is the vessel. You need the battle and then Torah. Okay. So I want to just stop for a moment. This Basi Ligani, I mentioned and I gave a share this week, that I didn't see so much the connection of the, this Basi Ligani to the Rebbe's Basi Ligani. But now I see it. The whole Basi Ligani of the Rebbe, of Tavshin, you know, of the previous Rebbe, it's all about converting the shtus, and that's what creates. And it's Tavka, the darkness. You have to take your Nefesh Bahamas and bring a carbon and that's a shitim. And that whole idea is, is, in, is in the Alta Rebbe's Mimer. He, it's in this piece, in Ziv Beis. It's the idea of Arisi Moiri. It's the Ketores, the smell, the fragrance. Of, of the, of the, of the, that's in the Alter Rebbe's Mimer, that's where the, you have the root for this idea that in order to attract God, it's Tafka through the fragrance and through the battle. Okay. So now, to so we can continue, what does it say further in the Pasuk? After it says, God is explaining, why am I here in the garden? Because I smell this delicious smell that pulled me down here. And Hashem says, I've eaten my forest and my honey. Which means the fruits of the, sweet fruits of the forest. So what does that mean? Al-Tareb is going to explain. But I just want to say something before. You see, the Al-Tareb is now giving this mimer in Shklov. And he's going to basically, he's explaining to the Chassidim over there. They were scholars. How their Torah study and so on and so forth, how their order, their day, they can create a base on Migdash. Again, the purpose of, of, of the whole world is the purpose of creation. Make for me a of I will dwell amongst you. So the Alter Rebbe is saying, despite the fact that we're in the depth of exile, but now we can create you and each one of you individually. The Rebbe came and the Rebbe said, since it's seven generations later, it's time already to, to game's over. It's time to finish already the project and bring God literally down into the physical earth. But the Alter Rebbe was encouraging the people then. They were very religious. They were observant. They davened. They learned. But the Alter Rebbe says, connect to the inner godliness over here. Create the same Beis Amigdash that stood then. Let me show you how to do it. So he explained. First of all, he explained to them the, the root of their struggles. Because many of these people were great people, but they also had struggles. They had to deal with Yetzirah. Like you see the book of Tanya, the Alter Rebbe is, is soothing the Benoni. He's soothing the people that can't get over the fact that no, no matter how much they try, they still have an intrinsic negative and evil inclination that doesn't seem to, they can't chase it out of their hearts. So the Alter Rebbe is saying, that's very important. Without that, you can't create the spark. You need to, you know, to create a spark, you need to bang on something. You need to bang on your darkness to create the spark. And you can't create this incredible inferno without that spark. You need that first, it's like uh, when you're a starter in a car. You can have a magnificent, you can have the best engine in the world. One of these, one of these race car engines, incredible power engine. But if you don't have an igniter, if you don't have that starter that creates the spark to get the engine going, nothing's going. So what ignites, that's your struggle, that's your darkness. But then, 
Torah in the morning, this is early morning, midnight Torah study, early wee hours in the morning Torah, it's bringing God down into your garden. And the Alter Rebbe is going to explain how you continue this. Because from the Torah that comes early morning, the next phase comes prayer. And he's going to explain now how to ultimately manifest godliness in the universe. In a, in a, in a more, you know, comprehensive and permanent way, it's not just enough the Torah study that we do before davening. He's going to show the next phases. The next phase is um, prayer. And in prayer itself, there's two parts to prayer. The part of prayer that precedes Shemona Esrei, which is mainly about love, the emotions, to, to stimulate the emotions. After that, Shemona Esrei, which is more of a state of fusion, bittel, nullification, and fusion with God, that happens by Shemona Esrei. And then after that comes Torah study after davening, because there's a very big difference between Torah study after davening and Torah study that we do as a preparation for prayer. And in that itself, he's going to explain the difference between the big tzaddikim and the ordinary people. And that's your mishkan. It's interesting over here, he doesn't go further. In different memorium, he goes further into the business and mitzvahs and so on and so forth that we do throughout the day. Over here, the altar stops over here in this memorium. Just the morning process. The learning Torah, the prayer, and the Torah after prayer. And all of that, and that's your base amigdash. That's your base, that's your sanctuary. Now it's interesting, I said before that the that when you had a base amigdash, you had a Kodesh Akadashim. And in the Kodesh Akadashim, you had the, the brain, the Chabad, for Hashem to dwell. And then we lost it. But the Alter Rebbe says we can, every single person can create that Chabad, Mishkan for the Ebershtim. But in history, he says like a midnight, then it starts getting day. So when is the Beis HaMikdash restored in this world? Spiritually, even though we didn't have it physically yet. When the Alter Rebbe was born. Because <laughs> what's the Alter Rebbe? He's the Chabad. He's the Tzaddik Chabad who facilitates all of this. He brings us the understanding. He, he captures Orin Sof in, in Chachma. And who shared it with us. So if you want to know when the Beis HaMikdash was restored, Reb Shneir Zalman of Liadi was born. And started, and then later when he established Chassidus Chabad and was teaching, and then continuing through all the Chabad Rabbeim, that is the, the, that is the Oron. That's how we know Chassidim would always say that going into the, going into the Rebbe was like going into the Kodesh HaKadoshim, Holy of Holies. And the Rebbe is like the Oron HaKodesh. Literally, this is the Chabad, the Moch. Because what kind of understanding of godliness do we have without the, without, without the Chassidus? They, they were able to capture it. Okay, now let's learn. So what does it say in the Pasuk? God says, God is excited because he wants this more than anything else. I don't want to just create a world. I want to be in a relationship with the world. I want to dwell amongst you. So Hashem says, I've come to my garden. My sister, my bride. I smelled my more in Bissami with the other son. And then he says, First of all, I, why did I come here? I smelled something really good. Like last week we spoke about uh, the popcorn. I was going to title this year, Does God Like Popcorn? But I was afraid that maybe some people wouldn't like it. So I'm not going to start up with people. But the, uh, <laughs> the, here it says, I smelled, I loved it, I came. Uh, but here's the thing. 
When a person faints and you re-engage the soul with the body, you wake back up. If the reason they felt was they fainted because they didn't eat for days. So even if you can wake them back up and they're like, now they're here again, but they'll faint again. So once they're awake, you need to feed them. And feeding is really what keeps body and soul together. Now, if they fainted already, it doesn't help food. Then you need to bring them something that's very strong. But immediately after you give them this, the, the strong scent, which brings them back, you have to assure that soul and body will remain connected, continuously connected. That comes from the food that we eat. So the same is also, we know, this is, and this is, by the way, this part of the Mimer is very gishmak that we're learning it in Pasha's Vayikra, because Vayikra is the Pasha of Karbonos, and Karbonos is called, I mentioned earlier, it's called a reach of scent, but Karbonos is called as Karboni Lachmi, it's my bread. Karbonos is the bread, which means it's, it's considered God's food. Now what does God have to eat? Hashem, the, when we say God is eating, what it means is that the creation is like the body, and God is the soul, and just like you eat food to keep body and soul together, the food increases the blood. And the blood, when there's enough blood, it can hold the soul down. It can pull the soul down into the body. So the same is also on a cosmic level. We, we, we create, we bring up food to the divine. And the food that we send up, the karbanos that we send up, keeps the orange sof anchored down in the world. So he's going to explain what is that food. So the food is the constant, the food that God eats is, is basically we feed him through prayer. The, the prayer, the, 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 the prayer both from the angels, the angels are always singing, the celestial beings, together with the earthly creations down here below. When we pray, our prayers, and through prayers we lift up the sparks of holiness and so on and so forth, all of this is considered food that we're lifting up towards the divine and it keeps the God's presence anchored down in the world. But in the Pasuk it says two things. He says, Achalti, I have eaten yari in my forest, imdivshi with my honey, which as we explained earlier means the sweets that grow in the forest. It's the, the fruits of the trees. So he's going to explain it's the combination of the prayer and the, the inspiration and the the the... the the service of God coming both from the angels and from the souls. The angels are the forests, the trees of the forest. The angels are called Oz Yedananu, then they will sing Atze Ayar, the trees of the forest, referring to the angels. And the fruits of the angels are referring to the souls, the people, the inspiration coming to us in our prayer, which are called fruits of the trees because the angels are partially very much responsible for all inspiration that we have in prayer. We experience a love for God, a fear of God, a sense of awe, and so it all trickles down from the angels because God is too distant from our perception and our understanding that we should be able to get excited directly from God without intermediaries. There has to be some kind of a sense that our hearts can warm up to the divine is because the angels are excited about God, they're much closer. At least on a conscious level, they're much closer. And through their inspiration and their excitement, their fervor and, and love and passion and awe trickles down that we can sense godliness too only because they thicken it 
Because if it would be too sublime, it would be too removed from us, from us, our comprehension, our understanding, and our. So they kind of bring it down to us lower and lower, and we can hit, hit catch a hitchhike. We can, we can, we can, uh, uh, you know, catch a ride on their backs, and through their inspiration, we are inspired as well. And that inspiration of our inspiration as well, that's called the fruit that comes as a result of the forest. That's what he explains. I've eaten my forest and with my, uh, with my honey. Pidish yari, my my forest. They're called the angels. The angels are called shitim wood. They're called the standing shitim wood, which it says in the Torah, "Shall make the krushim atzei shitim omdim." It's referring to the malachim. And the reason they're called standing, it says about the angels, they stand upright. The reason is because they're not wishy-washy like us. We are, you know, we're here then, we're there, we get all, they're living in a world of godly revelation. So they are, they are focused and they stand constantly in one state with one, that's one reason they're called standing, is that it's a quality they're standing. They're standing versus us that are all over the place. They're stationed like soldiers, like the guard, you know, by the palace, by the Buckingham Palace, they don't move. The angels are consistent in their worship to God constantly. There's no distraction. But there's another reason they're called standing is that that indicates their limitation, that they stand in one place. They can't really move to levels beyond them because they're each angel, they're fixed in their capacity. That's another discussion. We learned about that another time. But this is the idea that angels are called standing. And regarding them, it says, Hashem Regarding these angels, it says that God made grow forth in the in Gan Eden. It's talking about when God created the Gan Eden. It says, in addition to, He put man into the Gan, into the garden. And what did God make over there? He made um, he, he 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 made it into a garden by by having it grow forth, a botanical garden, um, flowers and but also. Kol eitz machel, all the all, uh, an abundance of trees, every type of tree, it was in a magnificent garden, with every type of tree, and fruit trees. Everything was all delicious fruits. Nechma, the, the lashon over there is kol eitz nechmad lamar, which is beautiful to look at. V'toiv lamachel and good to eat, pleasant to the to the vision, to the eye, and good to eat. It's like the beauty of walking through this enchanted garden or forest. It's beautiful. And the foods are very appealing. So what is this referring to spiritually? It means more than just the physical garden. As Hashem made, brought forth the angels. And the angels are these huge, humongous trees. Just like trees don't move, stationary entities, but they, they can produce fruit. And these fruits, what does that mean? Which they are, they, they, they provide the food Shebet, for who? For Adam. Hashem put Adam to eat those fruit. So what does that mean? Spiritually, the idea of the food is the inspiration that we get. It's called the food. Because when, when, if you would eat the fruit in Gan Eden, you get inspired by God. First of all, it nurtures you, but also you get inspired. Like, wow, you make a bracha. God created this delicious fruit to give me pleasure in who? In Him, in the divine. So the, 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 the malachim uh, are the source of, ins again, if you strip it from its physical meaning and you get to a more panemius, a more soul, a more inner understanding, it's these forests, which are the angels, that bring us edible fruit 
which means they bring us something that can create a sweetness and a tanginess or whatever it is, which is certain excitement, and we get excited about God. So our excitements about God is channeled to us through the trees, which the trees are the angels. Shebehem, with them, v'alyodem, and through them, magiash poli Yisrael. The influence, the divine influence comes to the Jewish people. Ulechala olam, and to the whole world. Hein beruchnis. Now that is true, that they are channels in which they channel down godly inspiration. That is true both spiritually, v'hein begashmiyas, and also physically. What does that mean? We literally know that the angels are the conduits through which godly flow comes to the world. That's why, you know, the Rambam says the, the, the people would serve these angels. They, they made them into gods because they had the people, ancient peoples, many of them were very highly spiritual, sensitive people, and they were able to tap into certain spiritual energies. Now, they're true. Energies come through the angels. The only thing is that the angels are not the boss. They have no power. They're just conduits. They're just the pipes. But they would mistake them and see them as a force. You know, in today's days, we were very into the science of things. Then they were into the spiritual science, the mechanics, the spiritual wirings. In a sense, they were more, they, they, the people had then a, a higher, because amongst the Jewish people, there was a higher spiritual capacity. Amongst the unholy, there was also a higher spiritual capacity. And they were, had some kind of levels of prophets and people that were, people that had senses of spiritual forces. Now, these spiritual forces really exist. And what do they bring? So first of all, all the physical, everything physical in the world, every, every fruit that grows, as the sages say, there isn't a grass down here in, the, in this world that doesn't have a spiritual source, an angel that stands upon it and tells it to grow. That's the, that's the angel of this flower, or this herb, or this grass, or this tree, or this fruit tree. Every, every single thing in this physical world has a spiritual power. And the spiritual power is much greater than the physical. Physical is the most condensed. And, and, and that spiritual power has even a higher spiritual power that's above it. And so there is myriads and myriads and myriads, a whole system of angels upon angels upon each one more impressive than the other, the higher you go. So what are they? They're called shluchim. They are the agents who, 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 who downgrade. The reason they're needed is because the Orient Sof is so infinite, so beyond, so it downgrades the energy and lowers them until it can turn into a carrot, till it can turn into a beet, till it can turn into a, a cucumber, a pepper, a, a jalapeno, whatever it is. Um, so heim bagashmias. So they're the channels to bring down all influence in the physical. Kamayim Azal, the sages say, there's no grass, blade of grass below. doesn't have an angel above that tells him to grow. And also spiritually, also in order for us to have spiritually, in order for us to have wisdom and understanding, which means divine comprehension, to have any, 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 uh, first of all, first of all, let's understand, all human intelligence is also coming from a higher realm. Just like physical foods come from a higher spiritual place, definitely intelligence, insights, ideas, they come from something. They come from a higher level of brain. There are spiritual beings that have super brains. And they produce, they're the source of the innovation. And they innovate and then we catch on to their innovations and it becomes an innovation down here. Some kind of a scientific, some kind of a breakthrough, some kind of an idea, some kind of a... So it's all coming down. It's all, 
And it comes through levels and levels and levels and levels. So Chachma Bin is, is, is transported. Reason, intellect, knowledge is also constantly being pouring into the universe from the more higher spiritual realms. That's in everything. Then there is particular channels of holiness which in which just like there is the mundane food coming to the world and ideas coming to the world but it's all within the realm of the mundane not necessarily holy so too all holy inspiration which is uh, understanding of Torah and so on and so forth is also channeled through the various different worlds from above till it comes down into this world through the angels Hagam and even though he asked the question what do we mean the angels they produce God is the one who gives everything and he says, of course that's true. Hagam ki Hashem yiten chachma, even though God is the one who gives all wisdom. So that's what we said earlier. They're just the conduits. They're not, they're not the originators of it. They don't produce anything. But they're the couriers. They carry it. They bring it. And by carrying it means that also they thicken it. They make it more dense so that we can... <clears throat> so in a sense, what they're needed for is just to block... <laughs> They serve more like filters than instead of producers. They filter and they lessen it. They reduce the energy. Because wisdom as it's coming from the infinite, from God, is too lofty for us. Too, too much, our brains can't conceive it. So they thicken it until it comes down in a way. They are the emissaries. They carry the hashpa down to the world. In order for the or Ein Sof, for the infinite one, blessed is he, should descend and evolve so much. This cannot be only through a powerful contraction. Many contractions, various different levels. You know, it's not just a one contraction. It's levels upon levels. It's filters upon filters upon filters until it goes lower, lower. And there's so many levels, so many levels, levels upon levels. And these are the angels that are in every world. And there's myriads of worlds. And they carry it down. Which they are vessels. They're able to, because they're, they are far more spiritual than us, far more abstract than we are, sublime. So they're vessels to be able to receive the light in its more original form. And by them it being processed in them, it gets, it gets um, as we said earlier, it gets a little thickened and, and, and denser. And then they pass it on from angel to angel as it goes down. It becomes contracted. It gets enclosed in them. And then souls down here in bodies receive through the angels. And what do we receive? We receive ideas, understanding, comprehension, but we also receive emotions. Our love to God and our fear to God is processed through the angels. They're assisting. They're, they're very. They're pivotal. Because for us to love God directly would be too. There would be too much of a disconnect. So we need to be able to sense the divine through them sensing the divine first and carrying down those that that sensation to a lower place that we too can feel it. And then we see that the. That the, that the the sages who instituted prayer were sensitive to this, understood this, and 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 built the prayer in a system that we can tap into this. That's why we speak so much about angels during the prayer in our daily prayer. By Shacharis, we have a whole portion that deals with the angels, because we need to rise 
and we need to like connect to their Wi-Fi to get excited. Because the whole point of davening is to create emotions. Love of God. We couldn't love without their, so to speak, the intermediary of the angels. And that's why the sages instituted the blessing of the Shema, which we speak about, he creates light. And which, which a significant portion of that is about the Malachim. How it is that the angels stand in the most highest places of the world. And they, and they um, make us hear. They, they make it be heard. With fear. Um, how they fear God. So, and he gives an interesting example to that. You know, people that are, don't have the refinement to appreciate and understand the king. Peasants. Now our peasants are very coarse. And they have no, they don't even have the, 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 the skills, the, 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 the wisdom definitely, to be able to understand and appreciate some, somebody very sublime, someone very, very high. They don't have. But when they see that there's thousands of people that are standing to attention, they see the army, they see the soldiers, they see everybody shaking in fear, when this one individual walks by, they're impressed by those that are, by, 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 the, by the subjects. They're impressed by the, by the servants. And they too now are impressed by the king. In other words, for them to get impressed by the king directly, they just don't have the vessels. But they do understand the masses. They understand thousands of soldiers. Or maybe they have more of an appreciation and understanding of the very... They see their own mayor or their own governor. They come to the king along with their mayor and their governor. They see how their mayor is trembling in awe in front of this person. And to them, the mayor is like the big knocker. He runs the whole city. And he is afraid. Wow, this person must be, this, this, this guy it must be. And even the governor is, oh, wow. This is. So that's the idea. We are, are people like from a hick town. We're peasants. When we're in bodies, we're, we're peasants. And we don't have the sensitivities. But when we speak about the angels and how they're afraid, we're impressed by their fear. And that's what brings the fear. A commercial, and he gives the example, Misha boy, someone becomes in front of a great king. It falls upon him, a dread and a, and, and a fear. It made a oisai, because when he sees so many ministers and honorable people of the land, they're all literally falling on their faces because they're so afraid of, they're bowing down to this individual. And then they too suddenly feel a sense of retraction, fear from the king. So where did they receive the fear? Through and via the ministers. So this also is, should be understood regarding how we receive our awe through the angels above. And the same is also in terms of love. It also works that way. We say the first blessing is all about the fear of the angels. And then the second, they spay in fear. The next blessing is, you loved us, God. But there too is related to the angels. Because we say, a greater compassion and a greater, more than the angels. You loved us more than the angels. What is that idea? Because how a greater love you had mercy and compassion on us. And you brought us so close to you. You brought us close to your great name. So 
this too works with an excitement that comes through the malachim. Because when we are so impressed by these angels and we see how awesome they are and how amazing they are and we see how they dread God and they're so close to God, they fear him, that such sensitivity is coming. And then suddenly we hear that God cherishes us much more than the angels, that we're so much more important to him than the angels. So that creates an amazing love because we realize that even though God has such impressive servants, he doesn't care for them and he, he has a greater attention to us that makes us feel super important and super indebted in gratitude to Hashem and an enormous love. Like the Altar Rebbe explains in Tanya chapter 46 how you have uh, an awesome king who is like incredible and he goes down to a dump and he sees a homeless man and he pulls him up from there and he brings him past all his ministers and all of his subjects, all of his being highly, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, servants and, 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 and aristocratic uh, company that he has in the palace and he puts him all the way into the inner chamber and he, and, he, and, he, and he treats him with tremendous love. So that creates an unbelievable sense of reciprocation in the heart of this individual that I'm a nobody and yet I was lifted up beyond everybody else. And the Altareb explains that the idea of Yetzirah Mitzrayim and what God has done for us. for behold, I was going to explain this idea that we are closer than the angels. Because as impressive as the angels are, their energy flow that flows to them is from the breath of his mouth. Because as it says, that with the breath of his mouth he creates as a host. Which isn't the case with the, soul, the root of our souls. Even though we are stationed much lower in terms of our manifest place in creation, we are much lower but our souls originally originate much higher than the angels. As it says, Yisrael, Olu b'machshava, the Jewish people have arisen in God's thoughts. And this evokes and awakens love. When we see how close we are to the king, and especially taking into consideration, after we see many ministers and noblemen that are so honorable, and yet they're standing on the outside and we're in the inside. And yet the king pays so much attention to us and allows us to come in so close. And he says, look in, 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 in Tanya, Perik Memvav. Nimtza comes out, so then, so, we're, so what impresses us? We measure ourselves in comparison to the angels and that too increases our love. So our fear is derived from the angels and our love is derived from the angels. That's the idea that the fruits, which we said before, the fruits are the inspiration, grow on the trees with the trees are the angels. We receive our love and our fear through the, through the angels. And, as a res- and with this we pray. This is our prayer. So now we can look at our prayer as a joint effort between malachim and neshamas, which is called the forest and trees. Now when we pray... What happens? We are all elevating ourselves up to God with yearning, with excitement to connect and cleave to Him. That's the idea of God eating the forest with the fruits. The fruits are our inspiration which go up and become consumed in God because then when, once we get excited and the, the blessings of the Shema lead us, it's, a, it's all a, 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 a pathway into Shema Yisrael. And then when we say Shema Yisrael, Shema Hashem Echad, 
We, we, we perceive God's unity and we melt into his unity because we suddenly feel that we open ourselves up. See, all, 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 all the, all the psukim we say earlier is all to, is to, to open up passageways for spiritual consciousness. We, 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 we clear the air. We clear the air. We get rid of the material things that we're so deeply attached to. We allow suddenly this, this space and we suddenly, suddenly begin to open up our nisham and feel what our soul really feels. And at that moment, our soul cleaves and craves godliness to the point that the soul gets absorbed in Hashem. It suddenly opens up to the unity of God. There's none but Him. And we dissolve in Hashem. It's called limsiris nafesh be'achot, to become unified in God. That's called God eating. Because He eats the soul. Literally, the soul becomes integrated. You eat something, it becomes part of you. The soul, but the soul brings within it all the sparks of holiness that it picked up, all the food that it ate, and so on and so forth. And included in that elevation are all the angels that now help the soul reach this point because the angels, um, as you can explain in a moment, as great as they are in comprehension and understanding of God, since they're created from the external element of God, God's uh, uh, the breath of His mouth, not thought, there's a limit of how close they can come. So they don't have that ability to dissolve completely. They retain a certain distance. But they, and they don't have the capacity to become completely absorbed in the body of the king. But souls, once they're activated, yes, we need the angels, but once souls are like triggered and they and they and they and they they can go farther than the angels, become absorbed in Hashem, and we sweep up all the angels in that in that elevation. In that absorb when we be when we become absorbed in God, we take the trees along with us. The fruits, God eats the fruits, but with the fruits, he swallows the trees as well. And that's the meaning when it says, God says, I'm here, I'm, I, and I'm eating my forests and my fruits. That's all the every day, the daily inspiration and integration where souls cleave and, and, and become subsumed in the divine, together with the angelic. Um, 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 uh, forces that, that, that enabled it that sh and, and, and triggered it. And then they too are now absorbed in godliness. And now God has something to anchor him down in the world and remain in like a soul that now can remain in the body through the food that it eats. Now comes out that the Jewish people receive the souls of Israel, receive their love and their fear through the angels. Now he takes a parenthetically for a moment, and he says, just like there are channels of angels, where the angels channel spiritual, spiritual uh, uh, influence down to the world, which translates both into the physical things that are created, and also inspiration. So too he says there is an unholy channel, because we know God created one opposite the other. And just like there is a lot of unholiness in this world, dark stuff, the dark stuff don't originate down here, they originate also in the spiritual realms above. And these are the angels of the unholy side. And they're a big, they're a whole major camp. They're malachim, dark angels. The klipa, they get, they're agents of klipa. And they manufacture unholiness. They channel down all negative thoughts. So when people come up with all kinds of dark thoughts and dark ideas, they don't start over here. They're just, they have the wrong Wi-Fi turned on. And the Alta Rebbe says, you know when you go to a certain, you know when you turn on your phone and you, 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 you turn on your Wi-Fi or whatever, it gives you various different um, um, Wi-Fi channels you can connect to. You know, you can, you can turn on this. Sometimes you need an access code, but you can, if you get in, some of them are free Wi-Fi. And you can choose which Wi-Fi you're going to connect to. 
so too we have a choice constantly which Wi-Fi, spiritual Wi-Fi we're going to connect. Angels create signals. And we can tune into it, just like in a radio, you can tune into a station. Depends how you turn the dial. That means like this, the, the broadcast is happening. There's a constant broadcast of the realms of holiness, and there's a broadcast of the realms of the unholiness. We have the choice to dial our thing, AM or FM. You know, this, the, the, this channel, that channel. And, we're, and, and that's up to us, that's free choice. As we are, what he's basically saying, we're constantly influenced by spiritual forces. But we have the choice, and we should have the, to make a choice to say, I, I want to I become a, a, a recipient. I want to open myself up to this particular Wi-Fi or this particular radio wave of holiness. And how do you do that? By reading holy books, by making an attempt to attach to, to that which is holy. And God forbid, by exploring the unholy, you automatically tune into the klipa and it will, it will feed you. Cause, and they don't charge anything. It's free Wi-Fi over there. They're looking for customers. One, uh, one opposite the other. All the hashpa from the unholy, from the other side, for physical pleasures, and uh, the, 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 the material sciences that are not related to serving God and so on and so forth. Secular stuff, they're also coming through the angels. Music, <laughs> entertainment, everything. So they are those angels that are the source of rock and roll, jazz, rap. <laughs> they are the rapping angels, and so on and so forth. That's cool. Every genre of music exists in entertainment. And that's all channels from above. Really dark entities as well. One opposite the other God has made. The levels of impurity stand in, in, in contrast, but in opposition, equal to the levels of holiness. And a human being is a, has the choice to choose good. You get to decide which program you're going to be running? What's the software you're going to download? And to, make your, to make ourselves a Merkava, a, cha, a, a vehicle, a, a Merkava as a, as a chariot, for holiness. Then the holy forces are riding through us. We're their vehicle in this world. Because when we think their thoughts, and, we, and based on that we're inspired to do good things, then holiness is making headway in this world. We become a vehicle for holiness. It's very simple. If you open yourself up to holy inspiration, to holy ideas, you're going to automatically be in a good, healthy place. And it's going to trigger you to do good things in this world, to inspire other people and to get good things done. And then you become the chariot for holiness. So that means the entire spirit, the entire realm of, of holy, which wants to make an advance in the physical world, are finding you as a candidate through which holy stuff are going to get done. You become their emissary, you become their conduit. They can't influence anything in this world unless they have a physical human being who's capturing that inspiration and putting it into action. Whether it be a, a, a force to make classes and to teach Torah or to do tzedakah and kindness and all kinds of good stuff that people do. It's all inspired above, but in order for it to come down here and become a chariot for holiness. 
God forbid, the unholy want to make spread their evil in the world. But they too don't, they're also hovering in the spiritual realm. They're looking for someone to open, God forbid, themselves up to this negative influence. And then it becomes part of their, their soul. This energy becomes a very dark energy. And they perpetrate dark stuff in this world. Produce immorality. Think about it. There's huge forces that are here to produce Hollywood, produces so much immorality. Murder and 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 and, um, and other 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 immodesty and all kinds of things, ideas, fighting for to create things in this world that are not godly. And these are forces that are interested in that, and they look for their uh, customers who will who will actualize them. But here, every single one of us can can choose constantly to be very careful when we think about this. What am I going to be a channel for? Where am I going to be? Who am I, who am, who am I representing in this world? Who, whose ambassador am I? What, 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 what's coming through me? To make oneself a chariot for holiness. It should be influenced him. The flow of godliness. Through the holy angels. And this is the forest. You want to hang out in the holy forest. Im divshi, with the fruits. You want to eat the fruits from the holy forest. Divshi, what does divshi mean? Divshi means sweet fruits. Pinish mina mesikos. These are sweets. Shem kola, peidois, which are really all the fruits. Shola eitzimanal, from the forest. Because here's the thing, until it doesn't manifest in this world, it's not a fruit. It's, it's a tree. It's a power, a channel. The fruits are when it comes to fruition in this physical world, that's the fruits. And we want to have holy fruits. And really, why is it called divshi, which divshi means honey? Because all fruits are referred to as, as sweets. Generally, most fruits have a certain sweetness to it. Even those that are sour and tangy also have a certain sweetness. And what does that mean spiritually? It means when you, when you experience something sweet, it gives you a certain sensation. It, it creates a certain delight and sensation. So spiritually that means that when a person is, has a excitement inside of them of love, of fear, or whatever it is, that's called sweets, that's called a fruit. The excitement of the soul. Which is a derivative of the influence of the angels, which are the tree, in the blessings of in which we speak about that God creates light, which is all about the angels, which is both fear, va'ava, and love, which comes from the second blessing, avas olam, which too is, as we said before, influenced by the malachim. That's why the fruits of the forest, that's why they're called peres ayar, the fruits of the forest, because they're derived from the angels who are the forest. This love and fear of the Jewish people Noilda is born v'nimshecha and is and is flows al yedei atzayayar through the medium and through the help of these trees of the forest. Just like when God wants to give you an apple, He gives it to you through the tree. So too, when the Eberster wants to give you a apple of spirituality, a an excitement, He gives it to you through the malach. And all of this is considered of eaten. So really it says that God has eaten. Who says Basilagani? I come to my God said it. 
So really it's Hashem eating. But first he's going to explain how first we eat, the, we, we eat the, those fruits and then we, with the fruits that we eat, become eaten. <laughs> the eater gets eaten. That's the whole system in the world anyways. The whole food chain is that someone eats and then they get eaten. So we too get eaten by God, so to speak, which is a good eating. Don't worry, it doesn't destroy us. It only elevates us. And, but with our eating, we eat others as well before that. So what does that mean? is our food. So he's going to explain how the angels, they're eaten by us. Now hold it. What do you mean they're eaten by us? They're much higher than us. How can we, we eat them? The answer is that we're really, in truth, we're higher than the angels, like we said earlier. The souls come from a much deeper place in the divine than the angels. So the human is much higher than, than the angel, the neshama, the soul. But on the other hand, while we're in physical bodies, we're in a state of where we need to receive from the angels, like we discussed earlier. So when we talk about food, who, who is contributing to who when it comes to the relationship of a human being with the food that they eat? Is the food giving to the person or the person is giving to the food? Who's giving to who? And the answer is both. First, the food is a contributor to the human being. Because the human being is, you know, is weak, exhausted, energyless. The food is going to provide the energy. It's going to sustain them. So food contributes to the person. In that sense, the food is the mashpia and the person is the makama. But then it turns around. Once the person ate the food, now the food, now the person does a favor to the food because now the food is elevated and becomes part of the human being. Till now the food was from the let's say from a plant. A plant is lower than a human. Now the now the plant turned into human, or the animal, or the bird, or the fish turned into a human. So it was elevated. So it works both ways. So the same is with this inspiration of the angels. They inspire us, so they feed us, so they consider the food. We consume their inspiration. But then, as we spoke earlier, they hitch a ride on us because when we go and we have our Mesirat Nefesh and Shema Yisrael, which the angels can't have, we lift them up into the infinite. And then we, together with them inside of us, get eaten by above. So that's the idea. The angels, it says, what does it say about those trees? God created the trees. Nechmad Lamara, they're nice to see. The Toiv Lamachal, and good to be eaten. So the way we understand it usually is it's good to eat the fruit, not the tree. But here the Alter Rebbe learns that it's referring to the tree itself. That the tree itself is good to be eaten. Actually it says when God created the world He, he created the, the, the trees to have the same He wanted the trees to have the same taste like the fruit. The earth didn't obey and the trees did, do not have the taste of the fruit. Until Mashiach comes when it will. But. So then we can eat the trees. They're good to be eaten. Just like food, that enliven the person. Now, so, it, so the food contributes life to the human being. But yet the person supersedes the, 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 the food that he eats because he elevates it. And the food is now elevated through the person. What happens when we eat the food. What happens when we eat the food? We're eating domain, inanimate, so meach plant, chai uh, animal, and now then it becomes human. 
literally. You know, a day or two later, the very substances that were once whatever are now human. They're part of your bones, part of your flesh. So the same is also our relation with the angels. First we receive from them, like food energizing the body. And then afterwards, the angels are then elevated through the people. <clears throat> Why? Because the Nishamas Yisrael can rise up way higher than the angels. Because we can have complete dissolvement in God, which angels can't. Because a Nishama is one with Hashem, it can re it can re-enter that oneness. Like thought is one with the thinker. The angels are created through speech. Speech goes outside. So they're meant to always be an outsider, to be something other than Hashem. They can't transcend that, this, that separation. Only neshamis are able to do so. Uh, the neshamis then have the serious nefesh when we say, Then the souls become absorbed in the terminology of the Zohar. We become absorbed in the body of the king. So the souls are now incorporated and absorbed in God. We become completely consumed in His oneness. That means we become one to one. We become one with Him. Mamish. Which isn't the case with the angels. Mitzad atzmam. On their own. Means not if they're not catching a, a ride on top of us. They're not able to come to such a state of unity with Hashem. We turn over the page to page 64. So look at that mimer which we learned this year, Hanukkah time. Hashem says, I will make you into a walker amongst those who stand, which the Malachim are called those who stand, the Shamas are called Mahalchim, and we learned over there that the Malachim, they get elevated through our elevation. With the Ramasal, Kanesha, Yoyer, Anel, and also in the mimer, Kanesha, Yoyer, and also in the Pasig, Vichol, Banayer. Regarding the pasuk, which says, "Like the apple amongst the trees of the forest," also in the which I think all these mamarim we learned already in the past. It's amazing how much I forgot. <laughs> we learned so much. I can tell you, we can start all over again. It's not going to get boring, you know. We're going to finish Lakuti Torah Be'ezus Hashem in a couple of years. And I'm ready to start all over again because I forgot everything. <laughs> I remember just the ideas, but the actual Maimar. Ay vey, it's so sad to forget. Hashem should help that it should go into the head and stay there. In any case, so now we understand what it means. So, so now let's, let's go back. So Hashem says, I've come to my garden. Why did I come to my garden? Because something attracted me. The smell was just the popcorn as we spoke earlier. It was a delicious smell. Cinnamon buns. Hashem had such a delight of the smell. What was the smell? The smell that got him was the fights, the battles that we have with our Yetzirah. And we overcome it. We go the extra mile, all that. That's what creates the excitement. Then we study Torah, and that's what calls Basi Lagani. God comes to the garden, and we start off with Torah study. Because Torah study is, creates the, the Chachmah, and only there God can dwell. So now he's there in the garden together with us. And that's the, as a result of the smell. But now we have to keep him engage, so that comes the entire, after we finish studying Torah before davening, we daven, and the davening is a combination of inspiration coming from angels and souls together, 
That's why Hashem says the next stage is a I've eaten my forest and my, it's God's breakfast. I've eaten my forest together with the fruits, which are the soul, the inspiration, and the unification of souls with Hashem. The love of God that happens by Shema Yisrael as a result of channeled through the angels which are called the Ari in my forest. And then Hashem continues and He says, I love it here in the garden. I'm having a drink as well. I'm having a party. I've eaten. Now I'm satisfied. Shasisi Yeni, I've drunk, I've, I've, I have drunk my wine or I drank my wine in Chalavi with my milk. So here He touches Chalavi milk. The altar of explained. Others the Medrash seems Chalavi is referring to carbonates, the chalev, the fats of the carbon is also called, chalev is also called uh, Chalavi. But here the Altarev, which is actually it's the total opposite, because chalev is not kosher, and even the chalev that is kosher is fleshik, and Chalavi is milk. But whatever it is, the Altarev learns Chalavi over here means milk. Wine and milk. What does it mean, wine and milk? So he explains, Yeni, my wine, ubchenes yayin amesamech alikim. My wine is the wine that causes joy. And the joy is caused not just, wine is not just something that brings joy to humans. The Pasuk says, that wine brings simcha to, in Shoftim it says, that brings simcha, brings joy to Elohim and to, and to humans. So there is idea of wine above as well. So what does that mean? doesn't give much explanation. I drank my wine. Um, it would seem like from the, from the little bit that, uh, maybe from the other version of the Maimur, is that what we're talking about, it's all part of davening. We're, we're leading up to Shemona Esri. Um, what's wine? Wine is the revelation of the secret. Wine in general is made Wine is a secret because you look at grapes, they're grapes. Unless you know that these have potential to create the most magnificent pleasure of delight of drinking and, and wines and so forth, which is the sensation of the palate, you wouldn't know it's a secret in the grape. And then in order to, you have to squeeze the grape and take the secret out. And that's why what does wine accomplish? It reveals secrets. The secret that there is in each and every Jew and every soul is that every soul loves God. And sometimes it's a secret to us too because sometimes we don't feel it. We go through life and we think we're cold, you know, cold materialistic people. We don't realize that we have an incredible spiritual capacity and we have reservoirs of potential love to God. And if only we can pray the way we should and, and, that, and through, the, through the assistance of the angels, we can take the secret and bring it out. And when it comes out, it brings incredible joy when the heart opens up and you can feel the gushing of the love. The Ava Mesuteres comes out. It's a simcha. It's a joy. So that's all part of the prayer is that you, you come to a state of joy. Once the love comes out, you're in a... And it happens by Shema. So between Shema and Shema and Esrei is an intense, a moment of intense simcha of, 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 of joy. And that's Mesameach. That's... that's and as it happens, and again, the human being is just a tiny micro, micro of the great macro. So when we experience this expansiveness and this openness, same thing happens above. Just like when we eat the angels, we said before, it causes an eating later, when the neshama gets consumed above. So as we have this expans expansiveness of intense, the inside is revealed, same as in Atsilos, in the spiritual supernal realms, 
the insides of the orange self, the powerful orange self, is, 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 is suddenly opened up and felt in that world in a far more expansive and a revealed way. So there is a, the energy in the world of Atsilos is suddenly bubbling as opposed to it being a narrow trickle. The whole idea of having a big Samigdash is to create an enhanced bonding, an enhanced you know, energy, the, 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 this, this romance between God and the world. It's not dead. A husband and wife can be living together and they're married. And there's no juice there. There's no life there. It's just dead. They look at each other, hi, goodbye, hello. But, but, but that's, that's, you have to refresh your marriage. You have to constantly bring energy into it. And, 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 and with, with God, it's a marriage. It's, it's, it's bringing, get, get the relationship pumping. Get the excitement going. God wants the excitement. And a wine is part of it. You know, it's a romantic dinner that he has and he has a glass of wine and he's looking into his wife's eyes and he's feeling the overwhelming love and she's looking at him with great love and they have this deep moment. So that, that's what Hashem wants. That's the wine. That's the secrets coming out. Our great love for each other emerging to the outside. We've known we loved each other. You know, childhood sweetheart. But you know what? It, was, it's, it sits after a while. You get, you, know, you get distracted. The love has to come out. It has to emerge to the outside. And that's the idea of shasisi But again, he doesn't pay much attention on the wine. He puts more emphasis on the milk. What's the milk? He's going to explain milk ishmona esrei. That's when we're, because we're nursing. It's the time we're nursing. We're nursing from divine milk. The chalavi, pittish, al-derech mashal, chalav. It's the idea of milk. What does milk do? We learned about this, and remember a few weeks ago, two, three months ago, we learned the mimer on benching. And over there he had a whole long explanation on Eretz, as a mimer in the Siddur. On Eretz, Zavas, Chalav, Edvash, a land that flows milk and honey. So what is the idea of milk? Well, what's the big deal that Israel gives you milk? He explains. Chalav, Amagadalas, Avlat. What does milk do? Milk is a liquid that is highly jam-packed with nutrition, so much so that it causes a growth in the child, in the nursing baby, more than any other nutrition that you can, you can give a child. You can give anybody. I mean, during our life we eat food, but our food that we eat keeps us, you know, sustains the body, replenishes the, the whatever we've lost through our expenditure of energy, and then we need to replenish. We take food. And then a little bit growth, sometimes it causes food, too much growth in the body, right? We have to trim down, too much weight, whatever. But there's, you know, that's the... But when a baby is small, a little, little, you want to make sure that the baby grows. And how are we going to make the you give him milk? And milk causes the child to like quadruple, triple or quadruple in size in a short period of two years, which you don't have such a period of growth any other time in the body. And it's only in the child exclusively, its exclusive diet is just milk. So you see, milk has the power to cause incredible expansion. So spiritually, what does that mean? We spoke before about uncovering our ava, our love, our fear, our, our emotions towards God. But it's still human. It still has, it's our feelings towards God. It's a neshama, it's powerful, it's strong, it's based on the meditation, it's based on the assistance of the malachim, but it's limited. But then you can introduce milk into your life. You can nurture your soul with divine milk. You can nurse from God. And God feeds you his milk. And what that does is it exponentially grows. And suddenly your love is no more human love. It becomes a divine love. You're loving God with a love of divinity. It's like suddenly it's intense. It's way beyond 
way beyond. The fear is also you're overtaken with a divine level of fear. It's not even human anymore. You're, you're literally in a, in a godly state because you're, you're, you're now absorbed in this intense... Everything has experienced an upgrade. Been, your, your human emotions have been upgraded to godly emotions. And that's the growth, exponential growth of milk. And he says the time that that happens is in Shmona Esrei. When you're davening Shmona Esrei, it's already after you've, you've already, you have your love, you have your fear, you've uncovered it by the Shema. So much so that it's already a wine, it's like the explosion of, of the secrets of coming out. But now you want to introduce, in Shmona Esrei, Baruchat Hashem, Baruchat means you're, you're channeling. You're channeling God's heart into your heart. And now you can love with, with, with the capacity of a divine being, not, not of a human being. And that's what the Alter Rebbe says, we amazing stuff. Through the uh, nursing of the milk, the organs and the limbs grow enormously. So too, the godly revelation that comes from God's Chachma. Because milk is coming from the mother's brain. That's why nursing mothers will tell you that sometimes they just, their brains are not there. Because basically it's like it's their mind. It's literally their brain cells that are producing milk. It's a very, very moichendig of food. It causes, the, so the godly revelation that happens by Shmona Esrei causes an expansion in the midos, in the emotions of the soul. And it adds to the, to the, to the soul, to the midos, to the emotions, an added light, and a cleaving of the soul, in the living God. And this is the reason why they instituted the middle blessings of the 18 blessings of the Shemona Esrei. So we know we have 19 blessings, okay, but so the 18 blessings, the middle ones, there's three of them that are praised in the beginning and three that are praised in the end. And then, and then there is, uh, 18, is um, 12 blessings in the middle. They're, they're requests. Now we have 13 blessings in the middle. They're all requests. What's the idea of you? You're praying and you want God to, to answer a prayer, which means Hashem should insert for example, you're asking for wisdom. God, in other words, you have wisdom already. You have a mind. If you, wouldn't be, you don't have a mind, you wouldn't be praying. So you have a mind. But you want God to expand your mind. That your understanding shouldn't be human comprehension. It should be divine comprehension. You have tzaddikim, for instance, the Alter Rebbe. Every pasuk, everything he touches, you see it's godly understanding. It's not human understanding. It's ideas that are completely from outside of the universe. Where does he get this insight? Everybody's been reading these psukim all along. No one had this insight because he has godly insight. And we were asking on some, on some little, small, little level, we're asking God to infuse his brain into our brain. Valdedos, so that's why I said earlier that Shemona Esra is a time of fusion. Shema is a time of discovery of self, an opening of self, and the actual fusion with God happens by Shemona Esra. Valdedos, a tikno sometimes the middle blessing, shot filos yudches of the Shemona Esrei, what do we say? Baruch, Chonein Hadas. Blessed is the one who, Chonein, who, who, who bestows Das, who graciously gives us Das, knowledge. 
or the blessed or the one who desires tshuva. What does that mean? Same idea. Just like our minds can be upgraded to divine thinking, so to our tshuva. Our tshuva means our longing to cleave to Him, our return to Him. We can long from a human place, from as much as a human being understands and appreciates how important it is to do tshuva and reconnect to God, or we can have a drop of tshuva. Hashem also does tshuva. He's turning to us. But if He drops a little bit of His tshuva into our soul, then our tshuva suddenly takes on a certain intensity that's way beyond the human. It's a madness of tshuva that's very, 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 you know, uh, super intense because it's no more human. Tshuva, slicha, and forgiveness and the like. Now just like this whole process of Shemona Esrei causes an expansion. So when you end Shemona Esrei, you're in a complete different space in terms of a, you're a godly being, not a human being. So the same like it is down here that it channels godliness into our soul. As we, we said earlier, macro, micro, macro, same over there. When the human being down here fills himself with orange soap, with godly light in his, in his or her emotions, same happens up there that the divine emotions of Atzilos, the Midos, are also infused with much higher energies from above. And it's the, the Midos above are way more expansive. And as a result of that, we spoke earlier, remember we spoke the whole thing, that when the Midos are rigid and narrow, then they're very, very, um, they're very irritable. They become irritated very quickly and things, it's a lot of, let's just say, opposite of blessings in the world. But when the middles are open and expansive and intense, godless amidas, then they're very, they're, it's every, there's a lot of chesed and a lot of goodness and a lot of, that's what Hashem wants. Just like it is from the bottom up, so it is up as well. What does it mean? I drank my wine. Wine that God opens up, the emotions, the secrets reveal, the chachma that has been hidden. We spoke earlier that the, the emotions are not tapping into the chachma. The chachma remains higher and the midos are midos. But when there is, when there is uh, the wine flows, the, 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 the lights of the mochen enter in the midos. It, it causes Elohim to, to, to expand. That hide the light of the Chachma that is in the Midois. Now this Tzimtzum relaxes and the wine comes out. And the secrets go out. The concealments that are in the higher realms of the world of concealment, we spoke earlier, it's a concealed world, and that day, comes out to, to, to reveal itself. This idea of the pouring of the wine libations. You're pouring the wine down. You're allowing what is concealed in the upper worlds to reveal itself. And this idea of, of milk, that the, that the, that the, that the divine being above the Ze'er Anpin, the six emotions, is now considered a baby. It nurses and it causes an amazing growth in those Midas. The revelation of the, uh, the revelation of the Orein Saif, Bimidaisav in his Midas, Shanisnagu ha Midas is godless, that the Midas should be in a state of expansion. It should be much more and increased. That's called milk. And this is the idea of the 12 brachas, the middle brachas. Through the blessing, 
we're drawing the milk down, where we're connecting. Baruch Hashem, you're causing, you're causing a fusion of your emotion with God's emotion. Or up there, the emotions with the orange self are connecting. Baruch Hashem, or It's an added light into the Ebershtas Midois. Nimshach li adas, that Hashem increases the, the das and chulu. Slach lanu, and then there's much greater capacity for forgiveness. As we spoke earlier about a father, when Chachm is drawn down, everything is far more expansive, as we learned. So now we come to the last two short paragraphs. Then what does it say in the Pasuk? Eat, my friends. After God says, I've come to my garden, I've smelled my fragrances, my moor and my... I've eaten my forest and my, and my, and my fruits and my, and my honey. I've drank my wine and my, uh, and my milk. God says, I'm satisfied. I'm fully invested in the world. I'm, the whole purpose of creation is now being realized. I'm in a state of immense pleasure from my, from, from my project of creation. I'm invested in creation. I'm engaged. Now I want to share all that excitement with you. And therefore Hashem turns and He says, Ich ush. The verse says, Eat my friends, drink and get drunk my lovers, doidim, those who I'm in love with. So the Alter Rebbe is first going to explain what's the difference between reim and dodim. Reim are friends, and dodim are lovers. And what's the difference? Why by friends it says eat, and by the lovers it says um, drink and get drunk. So he's going to explain like this. Now that we finished prayer, Okay, we created the base Amigdash already, at least on a private scale. Created a base a place for Hashem to dwell. Now we're going to study Torah after davening. And the Torah study that's going to be after davening is going to be a difference. Friends are referring to the higher souls that are considered friends with God. That means friends are always together. They're always attached. Lovers, like we know, love is more of like a romantic relationship. And over there we find that the whole energy of love between lovers is that it's there and it, go, it cools down, comes back again. It's yet and no, yet and no. It's a rocky relationship. That's the way it is. It's not the same all the time. A romantic relationship has within its fire flare-ups and calmness. Flare-ups and calmness. So this is referring to the lower levels of souls that are not in a constant state of attachment to God. To the tzaddikim that are in a constant state of heightened consciousness and heightened attachment, to them God says, eat. To the souls that are fluctuating, to them he says, drink and get drunk. So let's see why. Ichlureyim, eat my friends. What does that mean? Hine, behold, that tzaddikim, the righteous, the big tzaddikim, the saintly people, nikram, reyim lamakim, they're called friends to God. Like it says, as it says in the Pasuk, we say it every day in the end of davening before Aleinu, for the sake of my brothers and my friends, let me speak peace unto you. So what does that mean? So now he says, now first of all, how are they friends with God? Friends really mean buddies. How are they buddies? So he explains, I know, they And which is through the Torah study, they're buddies with God. What does it mean, buddy? Buddy means equal. How can we say that tzaddikim are equal to God? Yes, they are equal. 
Because the same energy flow that's flowing in God flows in the tzaddikim. What is that? When we say buddies with God, we mean with the level called HaKadosh Baruch The divine attributes, the whole divine scheme above in Atzilos. And they are buddies with Him, they're equal to Him. Why? Because the Sfirot above, what makes it special? Is that the Orin Sof, the infinite one, they're ve- the, the Sfiros are vessels, containers for the Orin Sof. The Orin Sof dwells in it. And even that, we spoke before, it fluctuates. There is a bare minimum. And then through Torah study, there is an increased volume of Orin Sof dwelling in the Midos. So Hashem is kind of really invested in His body. That's His body. Now when a person who is a Tzaddik learns Torah, and Tzaddikim are very high level, so when they're learning Torah, they're in a way of learning, they're, they're not self-aware when they're learning. So it's, the, what happens is the same, when a person studies, it's God speaking, and they learn Torah bibital, which means without self-consciousness, then the, 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 the Torah idea is, is, is God. And when, he's, and, and when you're saying the words, it's basically you're not even you talking. It's just like by Moshe Rabbeinu, I'll give the example. But Moshe, it says, The Shekhinah spoke through it. So when Moshe Rabbeinu is saying the Mishnah, saying the Allah, it's not him speaking it. It's Hashem speaking through it. So the same Orin Sof that's, that's, that's dwelling in the, in the Midos of Atzilos, and, and uh, uh, say God's learning Torah also. The Akadosh Baruch Hu learns Torah. The same Orin Sof dwelling there is dwelling in the tzaddikim, so they're buddies, and the same level Orin Sof is dwelling in the in the Adoma Elyon and the supernal man, and the tzaddik is like a miniature Adoma Elyon, and he's channeling the same thing, and he's in the level of attachment. So through Torah study, which and and, and we're talking about particularly tzaddikim, who and here he doesn't say it, but in the Mimer and the Siddur he mentions it. Torah is their, is their trade. They don't do anything else but learn Torah all day long. Again, I'm not saying that every person who learns Torah and yeshiva guy is on this level. Absolutely not. But talking about those tzaddikim who are on the level of Torah and they learn Torah not for their own sake or to, God forbid, to show off on the infinitely deeper levels. It's just to just be a conduit for God the whole time. So they are conduits. And they're conduits. So they're just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the level called HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is a conduit for the Orient Sof. And it's just like a body for the Orient Sof to dwell. So to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and his friends that are Tehrasa Yom Nasan people, like Rabbi who didn't stop learning all day long, they're just a conduit for the Orient Sof. So they're buddies with God. And that's called eating because Torah is an internalization. So it's called Ichlu Reim, eat. So this is referring after Shemona Esrei. After you've brought down the or into me, Hashem says, now you eat, you study Torah. It's a different purpose of Torah study. Initially, the Torah study was to bring God in, to cause Hashem to learn Torah, to, to bring the Torah in Gan Eden. Now it's for us to learn, for you to learn. So now you can be eye to eye with me, God says. Reim. Let's read. So when the tzaddikim study Torah, which in the Torah is malubish, is enclosed the Orin Saif Baruchu, the infinite one blessed to see. Nimshach Orin Saif Baruchu al Nafshoi, the Orin Saif is also drawn on the soul of the Tzaddik. Like it says, My words that I've put in your mouth. 
What is Torah? Torah is God's words that he's putting into our mouth. mamish. It's literally God's words. V'amru and the sages say, Masnita, the Mishnah, Malkas is the king. So when you say, two people holding on to a talis. This guy says, I found it. And this one says, I send it, find it. They should divide. Who's saying that? That's what God said. And God is, and by Yitzhadik, who's really learning Torah of God is saying it right now. And it's actually coming through your mouth. The tzaddik is just the physical or the physical vessel through which this download, which God is speaking, is being decreed right now. The Mishnah is God. What's the Mishnah? It's only that, usually you would say, he's saying a, a Mishnah is like a king, an edict of the king. The king said a law. But when a king says a law, he says it on Tuesday, May 31st, 1842. And then it's written down. And then many years later, in 1903, you can read what the king, the edict the king gave then. But by God, it's not that way. He, he's constantly saying it. It's not like he said it once, 3,000 years ago. God's flow in, in, these, in these teachings, in these, in these instructions, is happening right now. So right now it's being channeled. It's God's words right now flowing in the mouth of the tzaddik. So it's the same like HaKadosh Baruch Hu is channeling the Oyer Yitzayif in Atzilus. The only difference is over there it's in a, in a very refined vessel. It's the, it's the spherot above. And here it's in a much coarser vessel. What I mean coarse is that it's in the physical. It's in the, de- it's in the physical world, in the physical body. Uh, so it's in the, in the, in the and, and it's a bigger chiddush because the fact that the same godliness that's in Atzilus can reveal itself in a physical body down here in the world is huge. But the tzaddik as he is in his physical body is a friend, is a buddy, an equal, an equal standing to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's crazy. The Mishnah is like the king who is commanding Sharuach Hashem Mamish, the spirit of God literally, Hudvar Halacha is the word of the halacha, that is speaking in him this halacha, this, this law, this halacha. This is the way it is. That's why Chazal say, that don't treat it like an old document, treat it like it's given today. As it says, you should notify your children, this is live wire. This is live. <laughs> I have a guy, I, 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 the guy who works in the office back there. And um, I give the class over here. So sometimes he's leaving, he leaves from the back behind me from this door. And he's always worried when he's coming, if he's gonna, he doesn't want to be on camera. So he always, he always asks me, he walks in, he, say, he says, are you live? I say, I hope I'm alive. <laughs> live, live transmission. There's a difference of listening to the class Tomorrow, when it's not live, you're listening to the recording. We're listening right now, it's live. God is live every time. It's a live transmission, it's not a recording. God is live. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Hashem, it's a live broadcast. Every time you're learning Torah, it's a live broadcast that's taking place right now. And it's being funneled. The tzaddik is just like the microphone. His mouth, when he's reading it. The day that you're actually standing, that day that you're learning now is the day you're standing at Sinai and God is transmitting. That very word of God, which God spoke face to face, who is right now dwelling and right now being funneled and channeled in the person at this time, at the time that you're learning. Therefore, this individual becomes becomes a friend. 
as if he and God are today and today and are two buddies, the loy misparshan that don't separate because they're both doing the same thing. They're both fishing together. And then you go out one afternoon, you go to the lake, you go fishing together with your buddy. All day long, you're sitting in the boat, you're drinking beer and you're fishing together. Conversation. And your ayid can sit that way with God, buddy to buddy. God is learning the same subject, you're learning the same subject, the same flow of energy flowing through the tzaddik and through the thing. The Torah, which is chachma, which is wisdom. Which is the level of Eden. And the supernal delight, which has the orange self dwell in it. As it says regarding the Torah, I am his delight. And these very delights that's delighting Hashem, is also delighting People that are called B'nai Adam, the sons of man. These are these big tzaddikim. Same download is taking in them. Comes out that the Oren Sof is now equal down here in the human body, which is the tzaddik's body, as it is above in the supernal body in Atzilus. What is that body? Nothing more than a container for God. And what is the tzaddik's brain and his entire consciousness? Also nothing more than a container for these very teachings to come through. He doesn't think anything else. That's what he is. He's constantly connected in a state of dveikus. Later he emphasizes people that don't separate for a moment. They're in a constant state of dveikus to the Abish. The great tzaddikim. They're a reyim. So on that Hashem says, Ichlu reyim. Eat. Eat what? Eat the Torah. Because Torah, just like I'm eating, See, the early when God was eating was referring to prayer that's being eaten. But here, regarding the tzaddik and the learning Torah, after it's called ichlureyim. Your Torah is inside my innards, inside my stomach. It's a consuming it, becomes food for the soul. This is the level when the Jewish people are called sisters to God. The same idea as friends. Okay. And now finally, these are tzaddikim that are in a state of dveikos. How about the rest of us, normal people? Who cannot attain such a level of dveikos and connection to God to be considered buddies, to be reyim? The Pasuk says, Shsu, drink, v'shichru doidem, those are love, lovers. Now love, as we said earlier, fluctuate. So that's the, what we might call the benonim, the ordinary people who will have moments of intense spirituality and of love for God. Moments when we're far, moments when we're close. But there is a quality to that. Because those that are close all the time are lacking the thirst. Because they're always connected, they don't have that thirst. Those that go distant and far, and they realize that they're disconnected, they want to come, because suddenly they burn, and they feel thirst, longing. That's why to these people it says drink. It's also Torah study, but a different idea in Torah. To the, to, to the great tzaddikim, it's just, it's just eating, it's just company, it's like sitting out, having dinner with, having lunch out with God, that's what it is, like they're eating the same food. But the others, that, that souls, that, that learn Torah because they're thirsting for godliness, they feel the distance, they feel they're separated, and they suddenly suddenly feel this rush of adrenaline, and they want to connect to the divine. So they're learning Torah to fill their thirst. It's like a person thirsty needs a drink. You're chalashing for a drink, you need a drink. So you're learning the Torah. Torah is considered water, and it calms the, 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 the uh, it, it, it quiets the thirst. Because when you, like when the Altar Rebbe says, that the, 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 the Navi cries to the Jewish people, he says, oh, ho, hoi kol tzama, 
If you're thirsty and you want godliness, go, go learn Torah, because in Torah is a download of God. And that's the meaning, shesu, drink. Shikru and get drunk, we'll see in a moment. Shesu v'shikru doidim, in ebchinas doidim, who are the lovers? Who ebchinas avas Yisrael, these are not the tzaddik, these are the regular Jews, who have love to God, l'mokoim, sh'avazu, but this love, humusuteres, is more concealed, umulubeshes, and it's enclosed, b'nefesh Bahamas in the animal soul. The animal soul is covering it, and that's why we get distracted. We like this and we like that, and we get our love gets pulled into all kinds of things. And once in a while, we remember we also love God, and the love comes out. To set times, the love gets evoked, gets awakened, and it becomes so intense till it desires, wants to get out from all the other passions and all the other drives. It wants to drop everything, and it wants and turns to God. Now, once you feel that love, it's very intense. And this love, there's thirsting. It's got flames of fire. That's what thirst is. Thirst has to do with heat. Behold, everybody that's thirsty, go drink water. Because the water, because the burning uh, fire is too much. You need, to, you need to calm and satiate it. Because water extinguishes the fire. And quench the thirst. So this is a different type of Torah study. It's a Torah study where you're looking to... to the tzaddik is bottle. They're just learning Torah just as a channel. It's being in God's company. But the, the, they're, just, they're just in a state of divinity. Just like God, they're just equal. The, 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 the other person is coming from distance to ordinary and then he's learning Torah to get, it, to get a drink and then they get involved in other things but then they get thirsty again and get, go drink again it's more drink which is drinking it's studying Torah to quench the thirst which isn't the case by the tzaddikim that are called friends they don't have a thirst because their soul is bond and attached to the living God Mamish. And they're like it says in one bond I'm knotted and bond up with God. So they're always there, there's no thirst. In him I am unified, in him I am burning, I'm inflamed, but not in a manner of thirst, it's just one fire. Raklamata on a much lower level, which is the level of love, of lovers that are not in a constant state. There the love flares up only at given times. Then there is a thirst. Drink. But also, also get drunk. That means don't just drink water, have a little alcohol as well. What does that mean? That you know, when you, when, you, when you satiate, it's possible you satiate, then fine. So you dis, yeah, you're okay. Because you drank water. No. And you have to keep the burning love. So there's a constant water, fire, water, fire. The alcohol is the re- reintroduction of the fire. So that means learn Torah. Right? Also learn Hasidus, which is the, the wine, and get inflamed again. Then you can channel godliness to Torah. Drink and 
evoke the wine of joy, on the level of friends, there is no drinking of wine. Instead of wine, it's an Indian of which wine is noisy, creates a ruckus. A person who drinks alcohol gets wild. That's more the lower souls that create noise in their relationship with God, as opposed to the higher tzaddikim, to them, even their excitement is like oil, very, very deep and very, very, very subtle. So by Reim, Hashem and it's oil. Now, where does this oil state in the Pasuk? I don't know. It doesn't say, it just says, Ichlu Reim, Shuvishichru Daidim. But the reason it's not stated, maybe because it's silent. In other words, it seems like by the tzaddikim, there's also two things. There is the eating and the and just like by the by the doidim, there's two tenuas, there's two ideas. There is um su drink water, the and drink alcohol. The same must be also by the tzaddikim, by ichlu, even though there it only says ichlu, it's eating and also I guess um anointing oneself with the oil, which is more of a state of I don't know. Bittel. It doesn't explain much on the oil. Maybe I am by Safis. Maybe in the back he has an end. I think he does have an end onto this. Let me take a look. Calling in that. No, so he doesn't explain any more on this this idea of the oil. He just adds a keta. Let's see what he adds over here in the back. Now the altar, in, in a different version of the Maimer, here the Maimer has ended. But in a different version of the Maimer, it says, All this that we just learned about the quality of learning Torah by night, which again, because nighttime represents the darkness, the disconnect of the Shekhinah from the world, the destruction, Hashem's removal in the world, Right? And then the, the whole point is to rebuild the temple, to rebuild and re-engage and re-involve and reinsert Hashem within the world. And that begins when you study Torah at night and then you move towards the morning and prayer and Torah after davening. And, right? So all of this, This is also hinted to in the Pasuk, And this Aaron shall come ala Kodesh. Now, why am I making myself trouble? <laughs> Anybody that wants to learn, there is a ha'are in the end over here. It's a little complex. I looked at last week. I forgot to relook at it this week. And I'm a little tired and my eyes are closing. So I let you figure it out on your own. In the, on page Kufiyud Zayin, in the end of Lakuti Torah, there is a ha'are that goes for like couple of pages, uh, not a couple of pages, a couple of lines here. It's a nice paragraph that explains more on this idea, how it fits into the Pasuk. Day and night, and so on and so forth. And that's your own homework to do. Okay, everyone. I should have a wonderful Yom Tov. And uh, let's see if we'll maybe learn something next week, Wednesday night, because Thursday night is going to be Hamid, so hopefully we get to learn something on Wednesday. Okay, everyone. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Let's all meet in the third base of English in the real Basi Lagani.